Hey guys, welcome back to Mike and John at the Movies, the podcast for Cinephiles by Cinephiles. Uh, today we are going to be recording our thoughts on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the latest Disney Plus show to wrap up, the second Marvel show um, that we're reviewing. I think that this is a very different series compared to WandaVision. Uh, we had a epic review of WandaVision if you haven't checked that out we'll make sure we'll link that in the description of this video for you guys um John you weren't on that WandaVision episode joining me of course is my co-host John Matthews how do you compare the two and can you even compare the two of WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier um I mean it's easy to make comparisons especially right now they're the two Disney Plus originals um in terms of Marvel properties uh right now um in terms of like what they're like wandavision is kind of like a cerebral odd um kind of take on these characters um in this world um it's something that we haven't really seen in marvel before whereas the falcon the winter soldier it is um it's a little more along the lines of Obviously, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and uh, Civil War obviously had the characters um, from those films. We also have the kind of tone a little bit, um, a little bit more of a political angle. So they are two very different shows, but I mean, I think it's fair enough to compare the two, con- considering they're the two, uh, you know, Disney Plus shows that Marvel has put out thus far. So um, in that sense, it's I think it's fair to compare them. Yeah, they're just so different. Um, just like you said, on production sense, they're all still within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yeah. I think that's what I love most about Disney Plus is that we can go from WandaVision, which is just insane, to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is way more grounded. And I think the difference between the two is very jarring because one is talking about how we process grief. Under the guise of, you know, fantasy sitcom dreamland, essentially. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one is telling a very real and grounded story of the struggles with PTSD or how we mistreat our veterans or being a person of color. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, how did these air like two weeks apart <laughs> in the <laughs> same universe? But I like how Marvel can tackle these important issues in a grounded way or a fantastical way. And they still work for a lot of people and get that message across really well. Yeah. And, uh, I guess, uh, Loki is probably gonna, uh, share what it's like to get killed by Thanos, right? (laughs) Loki's the oddball of this group. It seems like I'm not sure what to expect from Loki. Um, yeah. Yeah, Cause after that we have Hawkeye, right? I think Hawkeye would be the next one. Yeah. Hawkeye, I'm really excited for. Loki, I'll watch it. I have no idea what to expect from that one, though. Kind of like WandaVision. Yeah, same here. So, uh, guys, this is going to be a spoiler discussion. So if you have not watched all six episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I advise you to do so because it's a great series. Uh, But we're going to start talking full-on spoilers now. So... We're going to just kind of go through this character by character. It'll be the easiest way for us to stay organized to make sure we don't miss any major details. So, of course, we're going to start off with Sharon Carter. 
we don't know much about Sharon from this series. She was in three episodes, but I think she only had screen time, maybe like five minutes total. Uh huh. So, John, what do you think of the reintroduction of Sharon Carter? And I guess how they handled like this turn of her being like the power broker, who was this mysterious villain we've had throughout the entire show. Uh, yeah, it's very, uh, it's been very off-putting, um, considering, uh, up to this point, up to the show's existence, she was obviously looked at as a good, good character, um, right. on the good side. Um, I mean, she made out with, uh, Steve for heaven's sake. <laughs> uh, but, um, that's now his niece, and it was very disturbing. I know, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I feel like there's more to um, her than what we've been led on up to this point. Um, honestly, it seems like uh, there's something going on. I don't see where she would suddenly become a bad villain like uh especially when you look at the the very last scene of um the finale yeah. um it's it's quite the turn i know you had mentioned um wondering maybe uh she's a scrawl yeah i posted that idea on twitter um saturday morning the day we're recording this yeah. and i'm trying to figure out what's her deal because like you said it's just very jarring to me that she would yeah. go that far like i get her getting like this darker edge to her yeah but she's basically going like super villain <laughs> yeah because she was kind of off the grid a little bit so i can understand where she's kind of got a chip on her shoulder but like to the point where she's just like completely bad i, I don't know um yeah now one thing that kind of bothered me about the finale was um so obviously she's the one that puts the final bullet in carly um so uh falcon is there and he doesn't captain america is there yeah (laughs) um right uh and he doesn't have seem to have like an issue with her killing her i guess because she was about to kill sam it would be his reasoning for it um and again everybody else in the show views carly as a terrorist so even if if zemo did it he probably wouldn't have any reaction. Sharon doing it probably the same way. Because okay. also in that entire si- in that fight there at the end, he's not punching back. He's just like dodging and blocking. Yeah, because he doesn't want to fight her. It's right. So I guess her being you know her being a shield agent, they've killed before. So I guess that's why he wouldn't have that big of an issue. Okay. But yeah, that raises the scroll theory that I had. Um, like her whole thing is she's been like, on the run this entire time, right? Mm-hmm. So has Sam, so has Steve, so did Natasha <laughs> after the yeah. Civil War. And am I mistaken, or wasn't Sharon also one of the people who got dusted in Infinity War? Um, yeah, she might have. I, th- I think she was. So that even that makes it more confusing on why would she have such a drastic turn where nobody else was pushed to that point unless again this is the scrolls trying to like get high ranking shield yeah. agents or whatever you know u.s intelligence mm-hmm. i don't know that's it, just a theory yeah because i mean earlier in uh the movies and stuff when we were first introduced to her and winter soldier i mean she's a completely different character now than she was then right. i mean you didn't see any 
evil edge to her whatsoever earlier on. Um, I guess I could make for a good villain, but yeah. And also, uh, kind of going back to my point too, it just kind of seemed like there wasn't much of a, um, like Sam and Bucky didn't seem to have much of a reaction to her being the power broker. Really? Did they find out that she was ever the power broker? Yeah. I'm wondering that. Like, I don't think so because when she's talking about it, she kills Batrock. But uh-huh. that's what alerts Sam to run to that location because he heard the gunshots. Okay. So he's probably thinking she's in a fight between Batrock and Carly because she's helping him. Okay. So that's a that's another thing. I don't think they ever found out she's the power broker. Okay. Which makes her entire existence really strange for this series because <laughs> I think it's again being set up to be a villain in what is it, Secret Wars or whatever, the Samuel yeah. Jackson show? Yeah. So, say at that point, yeah, it'd definitely be kind of her existence on this show is more of a setup, a tease for what's to come in the future. But, um, everything yeah. she did, Zemo could have done, honestly. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I guess that brings us to our next character, unless you had anything else on Sharon. No, I, okay. I, don't, I have a lot more. So, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, so Baron Zemo, he's a character that I did not expect to play the same role he played in the show. I thought he'd be like the villain of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't expect him to basically, he's just there to help, honestly. He's, there was never yeah. a really big twist until, I guess, the last episode where he killed yeah. the last of the Flag Smashers. But mm-hmm. what do you think of the man, the meme, Baron Zemo? <laughs> A legend. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I thought they did a good job with the character. Daniel Brule, obviously, he's awesome. Um, I love Zemo uh, in Civil War. Obviously, I had my problems with that movie, but I thought he was one of the better villains in the uh, MCU, and I still feel that way. I thought he was well handled in this uh, series. Um, uh, one thing that kind of jumped out at me was the they put the a lot of the marketing and even um like his uh his graphic and the end credits is him wearing the mask yeah uh and that's like one brief moment in the uh one of the episodes and that's the only time he wears it it felt kind of like fan service a little bit um it's like yeah here he is in this mask it wasn't a huge reason for why he had to put it on. I guess a cool moment for the fans that want to see it. Um, I feel like Baron Zemo's costume is so ridiculous that they kind of had to put him in the mask for a second just to be like, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Here you are guys. Um, yeah, it didn't feel really necessary, but it didn't like necessarily like, you know, anger me or anything. It just, it didn't seem too necessary. It felt more like just a moment to, you know, here you go, guys. Here's Zemo in his mask. You guys wanted it. Here he is. Um, but yeah, I like the character. Um, I still think he's one of the best villains Marvel has had. Um, he's a very complex and layered villain. Um, and I understand his motivations. Um, so uh, I really enjoy his character. Um, I was kind of disappointed when they, uh, the Wakandans took him away. I was like, oh, I kind of want to c- continue seeing him. He's such an interesting villain, but... Um, you know, maybe we'll see him break out again. <laughs> He's so, definitely going to come back out. Um, yeah, if they're going to need him again at some th- point. 
I mean, just look at the end credit. I mean, yeah, was it the, the end of the episode? I mean, not the end credits, but the yeah, end of the episode. Get a glimpse of them. Yeah, we get a glimpse of them, and then um, Val, right? That's the character's name. Yeah, she's like, oh, I could have planned that better myself. Or did yeah. I plan that? No, I didn't plan that. You know, <laughs> and it's like, did she coordinate that with Zemo and his butler? I guess mm-hmm. to pull that off. Like she might be pulling Zemo back in just the same way she had John Walker. Maybe. Which I guess uh we could talk about this character for a second, Val. Uh-huh. Uh yeah. I don't know how I feel about her because she kind of comes out of nowhere. And yeah. <laughs> And I'm not sure if she's Okay, so I want to preface this by saying I I don't know the comics. Apparently, this character is like Madame Hydra or something. Yeah, she's Madame Hydra. She is like a shield agent who goes evil, goes rogue. At least that's my understanding of it. Okay. And she basically like is the new head of Hydra, essentially. She's kind of like an anti-hero type of thing. I see. Um, yeah, um, we'll go on John Walker later. There's a lot to talk about with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, when we first are introduced to her kind of out of nowhere, um, you know, she's very like, uh, cartoony and like really, you can tell like she's a villain. Um, she has that, uh, that personality to her. Um, and Julia Louis Dreyfus is great by the way. Um, but yeah, then you get the, uh, in this finale, I almost got the sense that she was maybe going to be, like, sort of, like, I don't know, not, like, a good character, but, like, I didn't feel as, like, that she was a villainous presence as much um, in terms of what she does um, with John Walker. I, I don't really know where they're going with her as someone that hasn't read the comics, doesn't isn't familiar with Valentina. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious to see where she goes from here. Um, obviously her presence in the show is just a tease for what's to come. Um, and she'll have more of a, a role in the future, but, um, yeah, I was wondering if she's supposed to be like, is she a villain or is she like, um, sort of good, sort of bad? Like what's the deal with her? <laughs> so I think this is the first instance of COVID really screwing up Marvel's release schedule. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know if you heard, but apparently she she was supposed to appear in Black Widow first. And so that's why her introduction, it it felt random, because I think technically we're supposed to know who she was already when she walks up to John that first time. Okay. And so I don't know if they're going to cut that scene from Black Widow now or if it's going to be in there and now it's going to make more sense. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I think it might be leading to like a Dark Avengers type of deal um, or a Thunderbolts. Those are teams that are in the comics that are basically like the government's Avengers. So you have like Norman Osborn taking on the role of like the Iron Man of the team. You have John Walker being the Captain America. Okay. So they might do something like that with like Zemo being the mastermind behind it. That might be something cool they can do. Mm Mm-hmm. You can see once we get past Thanos, the team starts to get a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 
one of those things where it feels like it's a setup for something else. It didn't really affect the show that much. It just kind of bailed John out <laughs> mm-hmm. where he can still be this U.S. agent character um, and he doesn't really have to suffer much from it. He's not Captain America, but at the end, he still has like the title and position that he wants. Sure. So the villain of this series is uh, Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers. Uh, this is an aspect of the show that is the one that I think draws the most criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely one of the weaker aspects of the show, but I get the point they were trying to make with it. Yeah. Um, they're like a bunch of freedom fighters. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. This is like, this is firmly post blip, right? Um, we haven't really touched on how the society would react to half the population coming back. Right. No, and we have so not. I'm, I'm glad they at least showed that. Yeah, it's causing some issues. The Avengers did the right thing by bringing them all back. But after five years, the world probably wasn't prepared or equipped to handle something like that drastically changing again. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question for you is what do you think of Carly's motives and the flag smashers as a, as a whole? Um, I, I like the idea of the flag smashers. Um, they're kind of like, um, you know, these, they're obviously like the villains of the show, but like they're villains where you can kind of see where they're coming from. Um, you know, and I think those, uh, kind of in the same way that, um, you know, Michael B. Jordan's character, um, in Black Panther was right. Um, I think right. some of the best villains are the ones that like, you can, um, you know, understand where they're coming from, where, um, they feel like they're the hero of their own story. Right. That's right. Um, so I like I, I like the idea of them. Like I could see where they're coming from. Um, you know, it's frustrating when like Harley uh, won't really listen to Sam um, and and everything. Like she will listen to him, but she won't like um, follow his advice. Um, you know, where she just you know is um, set on just like you know sending a message rather than. Um, you know, doing what's really right. Um, you know, so I, I mean, she's kind of a frustrating character in that respect. Um, I do feel like they weren't, um, necessarily a menacing presence necessarily. Um, not that that was kind of their point, but like, I didn't feel like real threatened by them. Um, I just felt like they were just kind of like there to be the villains. Um, and honestly, if I'm being real honest, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think he could make this show without them at all, really. Um, this could just been a show about um, uh, Sam, you know, learning um, and kind of like growing as a person and eventually taking on the shield um, that uh, Steve had um, wanted him to have. Um, and then obviously he can do some stuff with Bucky in terms of um, kind of like his PTSD and um, kind of uh, furthering himself from uh, his winter soldier self. Um, yeah. And then, but like John Walker would be the focus of the show. Um, I felt like the like, main antagonist. Yeah. Like that could have been, that could have been enough. Um, and obviously John Walker, they did enough with, um, he wasn't like, 
underwritten. I thought they he had a really good arc. Um, but yeah, I mean the flag smashers. I just felt like they were kind of there to be like the threat when they weren't really a huge threat. Um, but again, I understand why they're there, and they kind of added a little bit more of like a um, like a political angle to the show. Um, so you can kind of have a villain, uh, villainous presence, I guess that you know you can kind of that kind of complements the whole um, the themes and uh, ideas of uh, what the show is going for. So um, yeah, I mean, I thought they were they were not the best villains the MC has had. Um, I thought Carly was all right, but uh, yeah, I felt like. I was a little underwhelmed by them, but I understand why they're there. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, <laughs> I I don't know they they're in a really bad position because, like you said, John Walker was such a good antagonist, not a villain, but like the obstacle between Sam and Bucky's goals, right? Right. And then you introduce the Flag Smashers. It doesn't really work for me mm-hmm. as a whole. I like I like the idea, much like you. I like having this group uh, wanting their voice heard and feel like they're being ignored. And so they go to extreme lengths uh, to change the world for the better. Like, their goals are right. Mm-hmm. Like Sam even says, their methods aren't. But mm-hmm. you need to take, take the time and view... <laughs> Or at least hear them, hear their message, and see why they're doing what they're doing. Sure, it doesn't work as a singular entity like Carly for me, mm-hmm. because yeah. Sam is trying to reason with her, mm-hmm. and every time it feels like she is listening to him, mm-hmm. and then I don't, I don't know if it's the way that the story is paced or how they just wanted the character to go, but like it, she listens to him. Mm-hmm. Thinks about it for a second and just immediately discards it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so like, it's, yeah, I think actually, I, uh, I think I won't. <laughs> pretty much. And it's like, I can't really empathize with somebody who refuses to listen to reason. Yeah, exactly. And so and can I just say how uh, uh, on on the nose the name the Flag Smashers is <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a little on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> Very, very much, but that yeah. is uh, the, the name, I think from the yeah. comics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> comic book characters are always on the nose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, like John Walker being the U.S. agent. Mm-hmm. That was almost as funny of a reveal as it's Robo Godzilla. No, <laughs> it's Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah. They had a few goofy moments like that. Um, yeah, sure, for sure. I really feel like, as much as I enjoy this show, a lot of characters suffered from the greater message they tried to like convey. Mm-hmm. Um, Sharon is one, for example, mm-hmm. and Carly would be another. Like they exist to push the message that um, people change or how society can corrupt you or. You know, we need to make sure we take care of everybody and be compassionate and caring type of deal, right? Right. That would have worked if we cut both of them out. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll talk about that when we get to Sam, Bucky, and John in a second. But 
yeah, the writing in this show is really strong at times, but also really weak, which is why I can see some people being like iffy on this one. Um, WandaVision is kind of the same way where as much as I love WandaVision, some things just never happen. Like whatever happened to that aerospace engineer, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, or um Ralph Boner. Not just the <sighs> joke, but like why would we have Evan Peters in this show? Wouldn't it make yeah. sense to get Aaron Taylor Johnson in that show, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That's a head scratcher. <laughs> it's just so strange and the excuse of that was well wanda is so stricken by grief she just assumed that this stranger was her brother it's like no that doesn't make sense (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is the same kind of the same way though not as drastic as wandavision where carly has the help of an avenger right there and sam Mm -hmm. and she doesn't even consider his offer you know (laughs) Mm mm-hmm I think she would have at least given it a week, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know. That Thanks. that's just me. You'd think. Uh I guess uh another character I'd like to briefly touch upon was uh Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the writing is at its strongest, I feel. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. With Isaiah and everything there. That hurts so much <laughs> yeah i feel it, like there's um you know you can almost make some kind of like mini series just uh about his past um but yeah i thought their conversation i can't remember which episode it was was it the fifth one um yeah I, b- I believe it was fourth or fifth it was one of those yeah um that was one of the highlights of the show for me um and his character um, added a lot of poignancy to the show. Um, and I really, uh, I thought the um, the scene towards the end of the finale where uh, Sam takes him uh, to the museum and shows him um, his tribute, I thought that was a really, like, poignant moment. And, uh sure. Yeah, I thought that was a really beautiful part, um, beautiful scene. Um, so I loved uh, how, um, like, how they um, explored his character and stuff. But I feel like you know they could make some kind of um, mini series or something uh, where we could learn even a little bit more about his past, um, his tragic past. So. Yeah, so that scene, that entire story is so heartbreaking because, Mm -hmm. one, those are things that actually did happen in American history. Mm -hmm. Again, Marvel, they're telling real stories, but they have that fantastical element, like with the super soldier serum and stuff, right? Sure. And so, hearing Isaiah... That was that was crushing, especially the performance in that scene from everybody involved. Mm-hmm. You really felt the emotion, and that's the thing that'll stick with you for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to see a mini series of that. I mean, you could. Yeah. I just it's gonna be a tra- it's gonna be tragic. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's not gonna be like the the happy side of Marvel, <laughs> right? I think uh, if they were to do anything, we can use it as flashbacks for Eli Bradley. 
mm-hmm. uh, the young man that stays with him. I think that's like his grandson or something. Yeah, who also goes with him to the museum, which was cool. Yeah. So Eli in the comics becomes a character called Patriot. Mm-hmm. Um, he leads the Young Avengers. And all these shows seem to be leading us towards a Young Avengers. So that might be interesting. Yeah, we have the new Falcon as well. Yeah, we have Torres, yeah. which I'm surprised they didn't hint anything towards him. Yeah. Building I those wings too. in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, they just show him like, you know, kind of like sort of celebrating or whatever. Um, yeah. Or like not celebrating, but isn't he watching um, his speech? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, I was surprised that they didn't hint at anything more because, you know, you can see where they're going with the character. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They're going to touch upon that at some point for sure but don't be surprised if in captain america 4 he's falcon (laughs) (laughs) yeah um Um, but yeah isaiah bradley's entire story is insane like what he's saying to sam is also true and that's something that every person of color feels at least once uh, as a black person, there's not a day goes by where you don't think about being black one time, whether it's you're at the store and security is staring at you or you're driving and you have to be tense because police are nearby. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that he's even telling to Sam. He's like, they will not let a black man be Captain America. Mm-hmm. And it's like looking at fan reaction to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a concern. And it's like, an issue I have, and I guess that's the beauty of the show being self-aware enough to point this out. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are saying that the show is being political when it's really not. This is just how it is in America <laughs> as a yeah. person of color. Like Sam having an argument with Bucky and the police just randomly show up. Yeah, I mean... Call it political, but I would say it's realistic. <laughs> yeah, there's you know? there's politics involved. I mean, the show is about becoming Captain America. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, there's no going against that. But I mean, you know, it's just tackling you know current themes and stuff and um, yeah. current issues. And I mean, to a sense, that's political, sure. But I mean, it it's. This is a show that's more grounded in our world than something like WandaVision was, really, you know? Yeah, and I think that's, that's uncomfortable to people because mm-hmm. Isaiah specifically shows the dark side of U.S. history. Sure. How we make mistakes, but instead of learning from them, we cover them up or, you know, yeah. act like it didn't happen. You can still celebrate Steve Rogers and acknowledge Isaiah, and that's why... I'm happy that Sam basically ignored what Isaiah said and he told the world what happened and he mm-hmm. got him in the Captain America Museum because the world needs to know yeah. how dark things were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really good um, payoff. Um, and I was going to say, and to the folks that were like, you know, punching air that <laughs> uh, Sam is a black Captain America, like, did y'all not see Endgame where he was gonna uh, be the new Captain America? Like, are you like, you've had all this time to 
accept yeah. that that is where the series is going. And now, once you finally learn that that's where it's going, you're like, no, why are you doing that? They had two years <laughs> uh-huh. to get emotionally ready for this moment. Yeah. <laughs> that is so stupid. Man, oh. fandom sucks sometimes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, on the subject of Captain America, and I guess the legacy of that shield and that title mm-hmm. and the complicated history, as Sam would say, of the super soldier serum and everything. What do you think about discount dollar store Captain America <laughs> John Walker? Yeah, so uh, basically what we learned um, you know, long story short is that if there's someone that looks like Kurt Russell or he's got some kind of jeans, uh, Russell jeans, uh, don't trust them if they're in a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> is Goldie, Goldie Hawn be a villain? Is one of these at some point, don't trust her, all right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she needs to be the villain in Guardians 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, Wyatt Russell. Uh, okay, well, we're gonna while we're sort of still fresh on the topic of um, criticizing fans. Okay, so we're gonna give Wyatt Russell crap for trying to to play a character <laughs> um, that is supposed to be disliked. <laughs> yeah. Can you not separate the character from the actor? Are you guys that stupid? Come on. Yeah, they they are that stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And I know White Russell has a tendency to play kind of like these kind of characters, like kind of snotty, like, um, you know, characters, at least in the movies I've seen, he's not typically like a real good guy. He's usually kind of a sleazy douchebag. Um, (laughs) But uh, like 22 Jump Street, for example. But, um, But yeah, I mean... Come on, separate the the art artist from the, or the, in this case, the actor from the art. <laughs> how come nobody ever gave Josh Brolin crap? That's all I want to know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> how dare you kill Spider Man, you bastard! <laughs> you know, hey. But right, White Russell gave one of the best performances. Oh my god, he was so good. So, He's so good. So good, like. He has this way of every action feels douchey. <laughs> yeah. Like the smirk at the end of episode one. He does nothing but just smile and wink. And he, he caused uh-huh. everybody so much anger. <laughs> uh-huh. Or. That's the, him doing this job. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. He's so good at that. Like every scene, like what's with all the knives? It's like if Sam or Bucky said that, we wouldn't have thought anything of it. But it's just like, shut up, Walker. (laughs) Well, I knew the moment he was introduced uh, at the very end of the first episode. I'm like, yeah, there's a guy that's going to be a douche. (laughs) He just looks like a douche. Exactly. He's like, we just saw him for like two seconds and everybody's like, douche. Yeah. (laughs) Even this last, this finale, he like quotes Abraham Lincoln. And it's just like, really? And Bucky's like... No, John's all like, you know, it's a great quote from a great man. And Buck's like, not when you say it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, he's so good at playing this unlikable character when in reality, 
he hasn't really done anything that bad. Okay, I mean, aside from like episode four. <laughs> sure. But that's um, what I really liked about his character, though, too, is that, yeah, he did a really, really unspeakable thing at the end of the fourth episode. But at the same time, you can kind of understand why he do it. I mean, yeah, it was extremely savage and cold-blooded, and yeah, he's doing it while he's uh, he's using the shield as a weapon to kill the guy. Uh, but, I mean, at the same time, you can understand his rage, right? Like, his partner was killed. Like, um, I mean, I would be pretty angry, too, and I'd have... I wouldn't be thinking properly, and I'd, you know, I would want to avenge him in some sort of way. Um, so I can understand why he did it. Now, it doesn't make it right, um, yeah. but I could understand why he did it. Um, and yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, he is a douchebag. Um, <laughs> and uh, why Russell did such a good job of making us hate him. That was the whole point. Um, of his character, you know, he wasn't supposed to be. We all know who the real cap next Captain America was going to be, and it's sure as hell wasn't going to be John Walker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think again, though, like you said earlier, with villains, when you understand them, that's what makes mm -hmm. them interesting, absolutely. And I definitely understand where John Walker is coming from, mm -hmm. uh, but it also shows why he shouldn't be Captain America, uh. Right. It reminds me of what happened to Bucky, right? Mm -hmm. In the first Avenger, Bucky gets killed, kidnapped and killed, and Steve refuses to like kill Red Skull. He doesn't. He's not going out for vengeance. He grieves, right. but he doesn't go out for vengeance. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing in the Winter Soldier. After killing Nick Fury and all that stuff, he's not trying to go kill anybody in Hydra. He's trying to stop them. Right. I mean, we find out Nick Fury's alive, but for half of that movie, they don't know that. <laughs> right, right. And so Walker's impulse is to kill the first Flag Smasher he sees, even though we know it was Carly, who mm -hmm. killed Lamar. And mm -hmm. Lamar's a character that I enjoyed. I actually started to warm up to him in that Owl episode. Star. <laughs> yeah. I actually think he's a really good character. I liked how he was basically the conscience for Walker. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he's gone, that's when Walker snaps. Mm -hmm. um, I do wonder if he didn't die that episode, would Walker still be Captain America? You know, like would Sam still trust him with that shield? It wasn't until that moment Sam and Bucky were like, okay, this guy has to go down. We have to get that away from him. Yeah, I don't know because um, right before Battlestar is killed, um, he had taken the serum. Mm hmm. Um, so I don't know how Sam and Bucky would have reacted to knowing that at some point. Yeah, and as they reminded us, the serum enhances everything about you. Mm -hmm. And so in the Red Skull, it amplified his hate, right? And his thirst for power. Yeah. And Steve Rogers it amplified his kindness. And I think that's something we also need to remember that Steve Rogers is being juiced up by that serum. Mm -hmm. so he may be the perfect person but he's also an enhanced person it enhanced yeah. the good inside of him yes so with one sam doing this on his own accord is probably a bigger deal than steve doing it with the serum but two john um 
it amplified the rage in him because we already knew he had a temper from the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't have a conversation with Sam and Bucky without getting riled up and angry. Mm-hmm. And so right. when Lamar points that out, he's like, you know, it just improves everything about you, right? You're already a good soldier. You make the perfect decisions in battle. And it's like, yeah, it made him a better soldier, but it made him a worse person. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so I'm going to be interested to see what he does going forward. He was great in this series, and I'm glad they added him. He's a great contrast to what Sam is. And again, Sam, uh, excuse me, John and Isaiah show us what America is at its worst. Mm-hmm. Steve and now Sam show us what America could be or should aspire to be. Exactly. And I think that's really well done on their part. Now, can we talk about his uh, <laughs> his puny little shield he created? <laughs> that thing yeah, shit without vibranium, my guy. <laughs> I like how he threw it, and then it, she kicked it, and it just dinged down to the ground. Then she punched it <laughs> once; and it had a dent in it. Yeah. Like that's that's why we call him like Party City Captain America. He's got his cosplay say, shield. <laughs> Just wearing a Halloween costume at that point. (laughs) Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm glad they showed it, though, because it's just... Uh It was funny getting Uh an Iron Man Oh, yeah, I thought it was funny. It's like, your puny little vibranium-free shield ain't shit. (laughs) I have to say, he's pretty good at it. It it looked authentic for a second. Oh, it did, it did. (laughs) It just couldn't do nothing. So, yeah, I guess... I guess that gets us to James Buchanan Barnes, right? <laughs> the Winter yes. Soldier. Yes. Bucky gets second billing, but this is firmly Sam's show, I feel. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, that first episode kind of split time between the two of them. We're seeing how Bucky's living, and we see what Sam is doing. And so, when they cross over, I thought it'd be like a mixture of both, but no. <laughs> No. <laughs> what do you? How do you think they handled uh, Bucky specifically? I like some of the things they did, but felt like we didn't spend nearly as much time on Bucky as we probably should have. Sure. Um, yeah, I liked how they went with his character. Honestly, I think the show would have been better um, titled like The Falcon. Dot dot dot, and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but jokes aside, um, I liked his character. I've always liked Bucky. Um, I liked him, uh, in the first Avenger. Um, and then I liked him as a villain. I thought he's, I think he's, I would say he's probably, well, I wouldn't say he's the best. I think Loki and Thanos are also in that conversation, but I think he's probably like top three MCU villains. Uh, Winter Soldier is. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've always liked his, his character. I think he's extremely fascinating. Um, and he, he also like John kind of adds to the whole theme of PTSD. Um, right. So um, there's that, um, that moment I think it's at the beginning of the fifth episode um, where he's just kind of like 
Um, like it was kind of his moment. Like, I mean, obviously he's not going to get an Emmy nomination or, <laughs> and he shouldn't. Um, but like, although he was fantastic, don't get me wrong, but it was kind of like one of his, like it was his clip, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, his highlight reel moment, just like, um, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen's in like episode eight. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I just, I thought his character was really well handled. I, I like how they're continuing to, um, you know, just gradually, um, like get him back to, um, the Bucky before the winter soldier. Right. Um, right. but the Bucky that Steve was best friends with, you know, there's a part of him still there, but you know, the winter soldier will always be a part of him. Even if, um, you know, it, if it, no matter how hard he tries to let it go. Um, but yeah, I thought um, how they handled this character was really, um, really good. Um, I, I was a little um, disappointed in how quickly they resolved or touched upon that conversation with that, um, that, uh, that older gentleman who he uh, had, had killed his son uh, uh-huh. while he was a winter soldier. Um, I knew they were going to come back to that, but it felt very, um, like that moment in the finale felt kind of like an afterthought. Um, I thought that would have been, um, there would have been a little bit more to it. Um, it was more like he just visits him, um, he said it was me. And then the guy's like, why? And then the scene cuts and then later he sees the, um, sees him in a restaurant with uh, that girl he had gone on the date with, and um, he sees that the guy is kind of happy again, and that's that. Um, right. I, I thought there was going to be a little bit more to it. I thought that would been would have been a moment that was a little bit more hard hitting. I thought they're uh, considering it was kind of set up um, and everything in the first episode of the series. So um, I was a yeah. little bit disappointed that it wasn't uh, that it felt kind of tacked on, kind of like a, like the writers had forgotten. Oh yeah, we set that up in the first episode. Let's go back to that without really like making it a really big uh, gut punch of a moment. I guess that I had expected it to be. Yeah, that's why I feel like Bucky is not a proper co-lead in this series. Mm-hmm. He's a supporting character. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that should have been Bucky's big moment, right? Because right. we tell we set that up in the first episode. We tell him that he needs to make amends. Mm-hmm. And we know that the guy, he just wants to know what happened to his son. We established that in episode one. And then in episode five, Sam tells him he's going to have to explain to all these people what happened as opposed to just trying to make himself feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we know that's going to be a nasty conversation. Mm-hmm. So we should have seen Bucky have that conversation. Yeah. Right. I, especially since we cut to the end and like, he has all the names crossed out in his book, which means he finished it. Mm-hmm. We should have at least seen him start the first one. Yeah. And then we can show that he's now crossed every name out of his list. Mm hmm. And that's where I kind of felt like moments like that where I was a little confused as to why this had to be only six episodes. 
Yeah. Um, you know, when WandaVision was eight, right? WandaVision was nine, I believe. Nine? I yeah, think. like, why did this have to be six? I felt like there was, you know, you could at least made it, at the very least, seven. Um, to, Because um, as good as this finale was, you know, there were parts of it that felt like it had a lot of loose ends that quickly had to tie up. Um, after, like, you had the big fight and stuff at the beginning with the Flag Smashers, and you have to finish that whole storyline and everything. Um, you have to, um, you know, you have to have that moment with um, Bucky and the older gentleman from the first episode. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have, um, you have to kind of explain what's going on with Sharon. You have um, Valentina in the, in the picture with John. Um, you know, you have all these loose ends that you had to tie up very quickly. And I felt like, uh, you know, at least the seventh episode where you could have had the, um, had things settle down a little bit, um, supposed to kind of like rushing to like, Oh, this is the last one. So, um, we still have the stuff on the, on the table. So we have to make sure we, uh, we, uh, we, we clean that up. So, um, people aren't like left scratching their heads as to why that was forgotten about. Right. But right. you know, it was just kind of like, you know, I don't know why the series had to be only six episodes or some parts that they, you know, they could have given a little bit more, um, padding to, or, um, you know, they could have given more time to, um, rather than just kind of feeling like, um, like they quickly had to brush over them. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I just don't understand, like you said, why we feel the need to <laughs> to only have the six episodes. Same thing with WandaVision. I felt like WandaVision needed a tenth episode. Yeah. And oh, yeah, the like, finale was extremely rushed. Yeah, and it's like, I love WandaVision. Don't get me wrong. I love that the first three episodes are just sitcom madness. <laughs> uh-huh. With no answers. It's just, it's a sitcom. Deal with uh-huh. it. Yeah. Um, but it really needed one more episode to establish Agatha Harkness and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And same thing here where I get that Falcon is at the forefront. Mm-hmm. But Bucky, I think, needed a little more development. Or also, even in Sam's case, what made him give up the shield? <laughs> like, right. it's implied and we understand, you know, the pressure that comes with that. He doesn't think he's deserving or qualified but it's like we're kind of just thrown into that and it's like and at the end of endgame i think we were all under the impression that he did take that mantle yeah (laughs) because steve hands it to him and he says thank you for this honor blah 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 and it's like oh first episode of this yeah he said no (laughs) you know yeah yeah i do yeah it's yeah i think I think Bucky suffered the worst from that. I enjoyed everything we did with him. Like, I enjoyed having Ao show up, right? And his relationship with the Wakandans is clearly still there. And oh, how yeah. they even trust him. Like, they're mad that he broke Zemo out, but they trust him enough to say, you have eight hours to get whatever you need done. Uh-huh. That's a great moment to show that they still trust the White Wolf, as they call him. Mm-hmm. To where they didn't fight him right then and there. They gave him a whole day's worth of time. Right. 
And that's something I wish we could have played around with more. We didn't mention this, but like the Dormelage were awesome. Yeah. Such a great surprise for yeah. this series. Mm-hmm. I just love, uh, but like, I love the character moments with Bucky. Like, John Walker is getting beat up, and Sam's like, we have to help him. And then he's like, looking good, John. <laughs> Doesn't bother yeah. to fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That sly uh, <laughs> side to Bucky still very much there. I love that. I love it. Um, and he's uh, like flirting with uh, his sister and everything. Sam's sister. He's flirting with Sarah. That <laughs> yeah. is, that's, those are the moments. And I think like, Marvel kind of did the show a disservice by marketing it the way that it did. Uh-huh. Um, those are the moments that are like in the trailers, right? The yeah. buddy, the buddy film, essentially. <laughs> is you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it, it makes it feel like they were trying to get like that Hobbs and Shaw type of feel. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. But that's not what this show is, and I think no. one that's why some people weren't big on that first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the most this. Both Disney Plus Marvel shows are not the best when it comes to pacing. Sometimes they rush. Sometimes they go too slow. Mm -hmm. Uh, They haven't found that perfect tone yet. But a lot of people were probably thrown off that, oh, I thought this was going to be, you know, like a Fast and Furious (laughs) (laughs) buddy comedy with Sam and Bucky, especially after their interactions in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Or even seeing Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan in interviews, how funny and how great their chemistry is. Mm-hmm. But the show's like, oh, no, we're going to deal with PTSD and racism and the responsibility of <laughs> fighting for the people in your nation or fighting for your nation. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's yeah. heavy topics. No, I will say, like, one of the big uh, aspects to the series was John Walker, and that was something that they did not touch upon in the marketing, like, really at all. Right. Like, the only reason I knew John Walker was in this show mm-hmm. was because of, like, Funko Pops and posters. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't... Was he in the trailer? I don't even think he was in the trailer. Uh, if he was, he wasn't... It was probably like one shot or something. And it was probably him outside of the costume, so we wouldn't yeah, I was going to say, we, no, we would have known. Uh, there would have been a lot of talk about him, like <laughs> someone else in the Captain America suit that wasn't Sam. So, And that clearly wasn't Steve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but this show, it basically adapted one of my favorite DC comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, so come to think of it, now that I think about it, I think there was briefly, they had a shot of, like, the, um, when he's at the, the football stadium, I think they might oh. have had, like, that shot or something, but, yeah, that was it. Yeah, you're right, and I think we all brushed that off, because I just assumed he was, like, a mascot or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, this show kind of adapted one of my favorite DC stories. Um, it's called Battle for the Cowl. It's a Batman story. Okay. Bruce Wayne is essentially dead. And it's up to like the three Robins and a couple other characters who's going to become the next Batman. Mm-hmm. So you have Robin, Red Robin, Red Hood. They are all basically fighting for the mantle of Batman. Red Robin, you say? Yum. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it happens all the time. It's a stupid name. <laughs> no, but they're fighting 
for that mantle. And this is kind of the same way, because in the comics, uh, Bucky also becomes Captain America at one point. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised there wasn't a moment where Bucky thought about just getting that shield for himself away from Walker. He wouldn't steal it from Sam. Mm-hmm. But there is a line he said where, like, well, if you don't want it, I'm going to just go take it and keep it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, like, that that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, I guess... Well, I have as long one as John doesn't have it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I have one question for you right quick. Um, what happened to Steve Rogers? I was so, like, kind of wondering, are they going to have, like, some kind of briefly, like, bring him into the show, like, either as, like, a flashback or something, like, is Chris Evans, even in, like, the older makeup, is he going to make some kind of cameo or something? But no. Um, but yeah, they almost like talk about him like he's dead. Yeah, they keep talking about him in past tense. Uh-huh. And I thought the, you know, the first episode would have been the best way to tell us that Steve is dead yes. because <laughs> it opens with Sam giving that speech, and he has that shield, and it's like, is this a memorial service? Mm-hmm. But no, it's him like inducting the shield into the into the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that would have been the moment. That could have just been Steve's funeral. Mm -hmm. And so that leads you to believe that Steve is still alive. But whenever they mention him, especially Sam and Bucky, they talk about him like he's dead. Yeah. Now, I will say um, I was kind of, like, um, relieved and impressed that they, like, didn't bring Steve or uh, Chris Evans into the show in any way. Um, Because the focus was on... Sam and Bucky and, you know, the other characters, John Walker, etc. Um, but they didn't have a moment of, like, fan service. Where, like, here's Chris Evans, guys. You know, even in, like, a flashback source. Um, they didn't even do that. And I was kind of, like, impressed by their restraint from giving the fans who put a billboard of uh, wanting Tony Stark back. Um, <laughs> they didn't, uh, <laughs> um, they didn't, like... Uh, and it bow down to those those people. Oh my why, you know, I make fun of the Snyder Cut fandom for like getting billboards and stuff for the Snyder Cut. This is dumber than that. Yeah, don't even get <laughs> like, <me> started. <laughs> they finished they, they finished his story. They yeah. his arc is completed. Why yeah. do you want him back? Do you want more iron do you want a reboot or do you like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> If they brought Robert Downey Jr. back and like again, like some kind of flashback or something where it isn't present time, um, fine, all right, whatever. Although I don't need that and I don't want that either. Um, leave it. Leave his story as is. Leave the last time we see him as um, the the Iron I am Iron Man moment. Let's let's end that character there. Let's not bring him back in any capacity. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're gonna do anything, it'd have it be a flashback. Do not bring him back from the dead. Oh my gosh, if they brought him back from the dead, I will, I will, like, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but I probably will never watch a Marvel movie again. Like, I, I couldn't take anything seriously ever again. <laughs> they will not bring Iron Man back from the dead, guaranteed, yeah. because Robert Downey said. He liked to keep playing Iron Man, but he's like, I want this character to have a good ending, and there's no better ending than Endgame. <laughs> exactly. 
And so, same with Chris Evans. Like, Chris Evans, I think he might show back up in a flashback, if anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I'm fine with them reappearing as flashbacks. Sure. Like, yeah. I'd be cool with the whole miniseries set in the first Avenger timeline. You know how we montage through some stuff? Yeah, that was I'd one of my least favorite parts about that movie. Yes. I'd watch a series set there. That'd be cool with me. But don't bring him back into the main timeline. Oh my goodness, no. <laughs> Unless he's still the old man. I'm cool with him being old man, Steve. Maybe he's on yeah. the moon, like they said. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But yeah, they uh, it's they never really exactly explain like where he is now or what happened to him. It's just like you said, they kind of use him in past tense, so you kind of wonder is he is he dead or something. But if that's the case, why do we not have a scene? where there's like a funeral or something, right? So I don't know. Yeah, that's strange. Hopefully Captain America 4 uh, will touch upon that. I don't know if you noticed, but the Disney Plus shows are basically like filler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, so I get it. I don't necessarily like it, but like Endgame ends with Steve giving Sam the shield. Right don't have to watch this show at all to probably watch Captain America 4 because oh. Sam will have the shield. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like, uh, WandaVision, same thing. All that trauma and all that grief and everything she went through in the hex. Uh-huh. That can still be a storyline in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but it's like, Wanda's feeling grief because she lost Vision and she lost her brother, blah, blah, blah. We never have to touch upon what happened in Westview. Mm-hmm. So I get it because not everybody is watching Disney Plus. Not as many people watch these shows as watch the movies, but kind of makes the events feel inconsequential sometimes, unless John yeah. Walker shows up in a movie. I was gonna say it's kind of like padding. It's adding more layers to the MCU. That's not like you know you can you can skip them and not feel like you're missing out entirely on what's going on. Right. Exactly. It's exactly what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. used to do, and everybody um, laughed at that show. <laughs> yeah, I never watched it. <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was the same way. Like, there's this moment in, I think it's season two, where, like, Coulson finds out where the last Hydra base is. Mm-hmm. And so he, like, calls Maria Hill. She's at, she cameos in the episode, and she says, mm-hmm. great, I'm sending the Avengers there now. That's why Age of Ultron opens, and they're already at a Hydra base. Uh-huh. And it's like, it connects but not enough for anybody to really care. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that brings us to the big guy, right? The main character. Yes. Samuel Wilson, Uncle Sam, the Falcon, Captain yep. freaking America. Yes. What did you think of Sam's arc, I guess, and his journey to accepting this role of Captain America. I know I tweeted a couple times that Sam Wilson does not have to become Captain America to still be the hero he wants to be. Mm-hmm. It's nice that he takes on that mantle, mm-hmm. but it felt like a lot of the fan base put a little too much stock, at least to me, in him carrying that shield. He was still doing the work. He was putting in the work. It was him. It was more of an internal thing of him feeling he's worthy to succeed Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I love this character. He was my favorite character uh, on the series, and I know I did mention earlier that um, you know, as good as Sebastian Stan was, I want to put him for an Emmy. 
I yeah. honestly might give Anthony Mackie like an Emmy nomination <laughs> for his work on here. I I agree. Mackie did some fantastic stuff. I have here. never seen him better in anything. He was astoundingly great. He's he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what he brings to this, you feel the weight mm-hmm. that he feels, like the pressure of being Steve Rogers, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Sam doesn't have to be Steve Rogers, and I'm glad he realizes that. Like, what makes him special, and probably what made Steve even choose him in the first place, mm-hmm. is you can see that um, he's a counselor. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. he's the one who gives that big speech in this final episode that mm-hmm. basically tells the world to get their crap together. Mm-hmm. He's the one who actually breaks through to Bucky and gets him to actually be able to sleep well. One of the best moments, subtle moment, is that Bucky is having nightmares all the time. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he talks to Sam and he stays with Sam's family for one night, he's actually sleeping and he's smiling. He mm-hmm. only smiles when he's in Louisiana with Sam. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is what makes him special. It's his compassion, his heart, his ability to empathize with other people. I love how Mackie was able to portray all of that in this performance while still being snarky and funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, I really loved his arc uh, with this um, miniseries. Um, like yeah. you said, he was still the snarky, uh, snarky Sam, but um, you really see him grow as uh, as a person, as a character with this series. Um, and that's one of the things I'll take away from um, the series um, as a whole. Um, and yeah, like you said earlier, like um, this isn't like something where uh, a show where you'd like have to watch it to keep up with the MCU um, and everything, but I I felt like it really gave Sam like his moment to shine, where um, he hasn't had that opportunity really yet in the MCU, but he really um, and Anthony Mackie too um, in the role gave his uh, was able to really um, you know solidify himself as you know uh, as an Avenger and. And everything. Um, whereas before, you kind of felt like, you know, this is gonna um, sound kind of bad, but you kind of felt like a sidekick before, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, him and Wanda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like at now, I don't feel that way. Like now, he's Captain America, and he's earned it. Um, and everything. I was gonna ask, uh, what did you think of um, the the suit? I like it for the most part. Um, I don't know if you've seen his comic suit. It's like a one-to-one translation. It might be the most comic-accurate costume besides Spider-Man in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't seen it, but I kind of felt like it was kind of ripped from the comics, just the yeah. design of it. <laughs> that That's exactly it. I think it's a little too much white at the top. Uh, I'm so are not... you saying he looks like Frozone? <laughs> exactly. That's yes. it. <laughs> I, I don't like how like it goes up the neck and it goes yeah, that, right to that the ears, but right past his forehead. Yeah, because I I get it. It's like he's basically has the the Captain America suit, but at the same time he's still got like the what are they, like, goggles, the the visor, right? 
Um, so, but yeah, it's like when he was the Falcon, he didn't have the visor going down to his neck. <laughs> you know, it was just like over, it was, it was a visor. It wasn't like some, uh, the visor wasn't part of the, connected to the suit before. <laughs> yeah, so it's got this weird Batman cowl thing going, but since it doesn't cover his head, it looks really awkward. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, um, but yeah, for the most part, I like it too. It's cool. I, I'm just glad that they also incorporated uh, the wings, how he still has his wings. Yes. And <laughs> Captain America can fly. <laughs> He's cold and Carly, and he just like looks like an angel just landing in front of us. Yes. I'm like, that's beautiful. <laughs> that was great. That was a great I, time. I love how they had the Wakandans make the suit as well, or Bucky had them make the suit. Because uh, in the 60s, when he's introduced, Stan Lee had like a editor's note on the comic panel when Falcon is first introduced. It's like, you know, he gets his wings from King T'Challa in Wakanda. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, that was nice of them to keep that in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, Sam's entire arc really hits close to home. Like, he even says in that last episode, I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? And he's just like, every day I do this, the weird look, and I'm going to get weird looks, but I do it anyway <laughs> out of the yeah. faith that we can do better. And it's like, great line. Great line. And it's like so powerful. Mm-hmm. That's what we do every day is you be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. And you do that because you want the world to be a better place. You fight because you want things to change. That's the best for anybody. I don't know. Sounds like a hero to me. <laughs> Sounds like a hero to me, for sure. That's everything Captain America represents. That's mm-hmm. what Steve represents. But I think Sam is different from Steve. Like I said earlier, Sam doesn't have the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. You know, he is a person of color. So he knows the struggles that every American <laughs> would mm-hmm. pretty much deal with even more than Steve would. He's not as strong as Steve was mm-hmm. like even watching him practice with that shield. We never see Steve practice with that shield. Steve just was naturally gifted. Right. Spider. Right, he doesn't have out. the serum. Right. Going for him. The serum also, the movies never touch on this, but it also heightens your intelligence. Mm-hmm. So Steve is basically just on the fly looking at the angles on how to get that shield to bounce back to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam is a human dude. Yeah, it's more, of a, it. <laughs> it's more of like a physical kind of... Right. Yeah. And so seeing him work to get that is powerful to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they took the time to show how hard it is for him to accept that part of himself. Mm-hmm. Like, he fought next to Captain America through so many movies. He fought Thanos twice. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of him that was still like, can I really do this? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that the show challenged not just him, but challenged us as a viewer. Like, we want him to do it, but it's also that point where it's like, Sam doesn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. We like Sam, the Falcon, the hero, as he is, he doesn't necessarily have to become Captain America, even though we all feel he represents what Captain America should be. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I just love everything about Sam Wilson. He's Captain America. He is going to be the leader of the Avengers, and I'm so excited. I'm here for it. 
You love to see it. You really do. Hey guys, so before we end this episode, we were actually supposed to have a third person with us today. Landon Bell didn't get a chance to make the show, but he made sure he left us an audio clip. So here are his quick thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, John, I guess we're going to take a listen. Hey, Mike and John, it's Landon. Listen, I love this show. I love Falcon and the Winter Soldier slash Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Okay, um, the whole show was great. The first episode was slow as molasses. It was like watching somebody pour molasses out of a jar, just very slowly dripping it out. After the first episode, the show hit the ground running so hard. I was pumped. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And then you get to that finale, and I swear, it's a six out of five star finale. It's just love. Jeez. I, 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 my mind is blown. I... Just all I needed was an entire extra hour of Sam in the suit because I feel like like that that is one of the best payoffs I've seen in a very long time. And, you know, how he doesn't want to fight, but he takes up the shield because he has to. And he, you know, tries to tell the senators, you know, how their choices are going to affect people and he you know still puts his life on the line even though he doesn't have powers he's just a guy and i also love that scene where bucky is just kind of smiling at him and people were making jokes about it on twitter they're like every time bucky sees a captain america he smiles and i'm like yes 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 he does (laughs) um and I we all do. My mind is blown. This is a great, great, great show. I'm glad we're getting a Captain America four because I, I definitely need more of this character, Sam Wilson, Captain America, and I, I'm just, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. I can't believe this show was better than Wandavision. I thought yeah. Wandavision was the best thing since sliced bread, and then they gave me this finale, and now I just feel like I'm on cloud nine. oh yes anyways that's all i have guys (laughs) missed john um is this better than wandavision (laughs) yeah and i don't think wandavision is the best thing since last (laughs) but (laughs) i'm just glad we had uh two really good disney plus shows um yeah Thanks so much for sending that in, Landon. We appreciate it. And we really need to get you on the show proper again soon. We love talking to you. Um, all right, guys. Well, I guess that wraps this episode up. You are getting like three episodes in a week's time. Payback for like the month we missed <laughs> since the last one. Yes. If you haven't already, we reviewed uh, Mortal Kombat. That was an experience. That yeah, it's about a quarter of the length of this episode, by the way. Right? It's bite-sized. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, John, where can people find you? You can stalk me on the internet at 
John Math 95 on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And my website is johnmath95.com. Nice. And guys, you can find the podcast at Mike John underscore movies on Twitter. You can also find it on Instagram and Facebook at Mike and John at the movies. We are also streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you will find Mike and John at the movies. Uh, we are also on John's YouTube channel. You might be listening to us there. This episode's also on my YouTube channel, so you might be listening to it there. This one episode is probably the only one that's going to be on that channel, so make sure you subscribe to John if you're into the YouTube podcast, because he has the entire backlog and archive of everything there. And also sub to his channel, because it's awesome, and yeah. Thanks he so much. makes some good quality content right here. All right. Yeah, I reviewed, I reacted to the Falcon Winter Soldier trailer for some reason. So if you want to throw back to that, we thought it was going to be a comedy. <laughs> that was <Is> funny. <laughs> Is you ready? <laughs> Did they, didn't they use that same song in the Fast 9 trailer? Oh, they did. And the funny <laughs> thing is, it's from uh, the movie uh, Mile 22. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So good. So good. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening. Have a good rest of your day. Catch you on the next one. Peace, Peace out. out. Are you ready? Oh. Is you ready? Ready. You say you ready. Oh. Whole squad ready. Ready. Is you ready? Huh? Are you ready? Ready. Is you ready? Whole squad ready. We came here to see Jet. What you got? Oh.